listening to Rumination Thursday on this May the 7th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and for Rumination Thursdays, we've got with us on the line Wes Reimnitz. How you doing, Wes? I'm doing fine, Tom. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. I've got a different mic we were trying to work, and it won't work, so we're going to have to do a little work afterwards. But let's get right into the subject. You told me there was some interest in uh, Korea about a, uh item concerning God. Right. You had uh, sent me an email from one of the listeners that was talking about uh, the concept of God, and I went looking because I thought that I had run across a church in in uh, Korea, and there was. It's called the World Mission Society, the Church of God. It was uh, split off from Christian, I say, from Christianity in, in 1948, and uh, in particular, they had God the Father and God the Mother, and you could pray to either one. And uh, for instance, God the Mother. The Heavenly Mother appears today to grant our spiritual eternal life, or God grants us promised eternal life after we believe in God the Mother. So, you know, this this gender thing about God the Mother and things like this dates back at least 1948, if not earlier, in other cults out there in the, in the world around us. What's the reason that they're saying that we refer to God as uh, uh, a woman now rather than a male? Well, their their reasoning is the Bible tells us, like Genesis one, in His let us create Him in our image, male and female. From Genesis one is is one Bible passage that they use, and the other is. God just talks about man and woman and gender. So obviously, from a rational standpoint, uh, it, it is there. And I, the third reason is that the Korean pastor, by the name of An Song Dung, and I'm butchering his name, obviously, but uh, he was uh, Christ who came to the second coming here on earth. And he, he said that it was God the Father, God the Mother. Boy, you know, that's such a shame that that Korean church is doing it. Uh, wouldn't that be something if we had a Lutheran church started referring to God as mother or father? Are you aware of any of that happening? Well, that's that's what spurred me on to go looking for that and taking a look at it. You sent me that email from one of our listeners, and and I thought it was an excellent email for us to discuss that Elka recently in a prayer uh, on one of their uh, blogs or Twitter accounts or Facebook account had a prayer that uh, used God as mother instead of father. Yeah, let me read that uh, prayer. It says, Mother God, you have fed us with the nourishment of your spiritual food. Raise us up into salvation and rid us of our bitterness so that we may share the sweetness of your holy word with all the world. Now, that sweetness means that God is not to be considered as Father, and they also don't like using the word Lord, because that's too masculine. 
So they're telling their people, you know, basically refer to God as a mother or father mother. I've seen that now. And that, therefore, this is not something that we ought to be talking about in order to give more power to women. That's the reason that they give. So that now God has to be referred to as a uh, mother. And what really bothers me is that it's pretty clear that Jesus Christ was not only a human being, but he also was male. But they don't even want to refer to him as Lord or King. Right, and you know, that that takes you almost into the matter of, of, of being a cult, wouldn't you say? Well, when you have a denomination who has as its head a woman pastor, which of course is contrary to the Bible, no, no wonder that they're falling into this kind of teaching. Remember, that was that woman so-called pastor who brought people from other denominations up on the stage recently, uh, Muslim, Jewish, etc., and said, we can't make God say these people are not saved. We don't know what God is going to do. Even though Jesus makes it very clear, no one comes to the Father except through me. I personally cannot understand how a true Christian can remain a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America with this kind of teaching that's going on and being taught to their children. Yeah, that's a good point that you make. It was earlier in uh, two, or mid-2019 when that happened at the convention. In fact, one of their male pastors got up and quote that John 14 passage that you just quoted, that you, 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 if you know Jesus, you know the Father. And he was shouted down as a result of that. Yeah, in fact, the vote was over 90% against what he said. And, and by the way, that wasn't a male pastor. That was a layman, a farmer. Oh, it was a layman. Oh, my God. Yes. I, I remember at one of our conventions years ago, when the leadership of the Missouri Synod was kind of going in a liberal direction, uh, they wanted to have a resolution against Diet Coca-Cola. <laughs> and it was, again, a layman, a farmer, who got up and said, you know, it's not in the Bible to be against that. If people want to drink it, that should be okay. He was voted as being correct at the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. But that's how far we almost started going until we were able to see the Seminex group leave the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, who had many of these ideas that you now see in the ELCA. You know, the ELCA is celebrating 50 years of women's ordination. Really? It's been that long? Well, it's... Well, I'm laughing as I talk about it because it's 40 and 10 comes 50, right? Yes. 40, 40 years of women's ordination, 10 years of LGBTQ uh, ordination. Yeah. And that's how they come up with 50. Oh, yeah, because um, we now have pastor, male pastors who are married to each other. 
It's just right. how, how a Christian can sit in that pew is beyond me. Uh, CFW Walter makes it really clear that there's two things that are really important in the message of Christianity. The first is that the words you use are in agreement with Scripture. But then he says you also must recognize two doctrines that are both from God but totally different in their use, and that's the law and the gospel. So, for example, he said you can do a sermon that isn't doctrinally in error at all, but it wouldn't be a sermon. And the example I gave was you could do a sermon, and all you do is read the Nicene Creed, and at the end of it say, this we believe. But you know that that is not being able to explain what the Nicene Creed means. And, of course, in Elka, that means... We don't agree with the Nicene Creed when it comes to who's saved and who's not saved. Uh, they're, they're a better judge than God is himself in being saved. Yeah, the CFW author, but you've heard of um, Charles Porterfield Croft? Yes. Yeah, and he had the uh, conservative reformation in his theology. And uh, he talks about the three ways of error. And very much to what you're talking about, that, uh, you know, leave, leave it to their own corner. We can indulge in, indulge us a little bit. Let us have our private opinions. And secondly, equal rights, the two balancing forces. You can't call one right and the other one wrong. And then third, supremacy, the error uh, takes pre- preference. And and you you can't go out and say yours is any more right than the other. Yeah, this is um, a thing we talked about. CFW Walter was dealing with that in his day, that people said you cannot finalize Christian doctrine because there's mm-hmm. too much we still don't know. Now, we agree with that to some degree in the sense we cannot finalize Christian doctrine concerning the Lord's Supper. We don't know how the body and blood of Christ are in, with, and under the bread and the wine. So we don't go as far as the Roman Catholics in giving a philosophical theory of transubstantiation, where the substance of the bread is switched with the substance of the body and the wine with the blood. So that's a philosophical theory, but we don't mind leaving it in the way God has said this is my body, this is my blood, and so therefore we don't explain everything because our task as a pastor is not to explain God's Word, but to reveal God's Word, and the Holy Spirit creates faith to believe the unbelievable. Uh, Well said, and and are we saying at this point, though, and I think you said it yesterday, that rational man is trying to rationalize all of this together, and we can't because of our sinful sinful, uh, human nature. Yeah, there's a non-Lutheran seminary, I get their stuff all the time, who are trying to give rational evidence for our belief in Christianity. Of course, they spend a lot of their time trying to prove that Jesus rose from the dead, giving rational evidence of that, which is a waste of time. 
because the unbelieving Pharisees knew he rose from the dead. The unbelieving devil and his angels know he was raised from the dead, but they, of course, still don't believe in Jesus Christ. So believing in the historicity of the Bible doesn't save anyone until you get to the point of making use of law and gospel properly. Yeah, as as we look at this unfolding around us, as we see this God the Mother stuff and the lessening of Christ, it kind of reminds me of Second Timothy. Wouldn't wouldn't you say that for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, and they will accumulate for themselves teachers full of their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. You know. That's a really good verse. I hadn't thought of that, but when you use the word passion, there are, for some reason, women who think they're kind of second-class minority citizens, and so they want power. And so Mm -hmm. what they're trying to do is change the whole understanding of how important women are, and the way they're doing that in religion is by banning the use of the word father and son in prayer. Now, I had mentioned that you got to watch out because ELCA is now teaching their children contrary to the word of God, and it's already happened in Australia. There's a Catholic school that now bans uh, the use of father and son in prayer for their schoolgirls. And they're being taught that God is gender neutral, and and therefore they're not permitted to use the word Father, Son, or even Lord in prayers Mm. because they're trying to be gender inclusive. It's students at Smart Home School in Australia. And it is really taking away. They also went on to say they want to transform the church, and that's what you're talking about, and the world particularly empowering women to seek the truth and justice. So it's precisely fitting to what you're talking about. It's their attempt, and wouldn't you say that, uh, for instance, it's their view of the Bible as they look at the Bible instead of our view of we, we've got to get our thinking correct with the with the Word of God. Yeah, the uh, principal, you know, at that school said uh, the, the following, is um, we strive to use gender-neutral terms for God. For example, we say God and God's people rather than God and his people. Oh, mm. so people in the church are no longer with Jesus Christ, because <laughs> Jesus is God, but he's male. He he also, that spirit is also gender neutral. And in fact, mm. um, at a top Catholic boys' school, St. Joseph's College in Brisbane, they have replaced the term brothers that's used throughout the Bible with sisters and brothers, And they have taken the term brotherhood and instead now say international community. Mm. It's really crazy. And 
And, of course, I had emailed to you pages upon pages of, of Scripture on father and mother, and and just nowhere is it to be found where, where we're gender neutral or uh, God is somehow a female. Yeah, that's not found anywhere in the Scripture. Although God has a lot of wonderful things to say about women and mothers, etc., as human beings. You know, look at... How is Timothy trained? Remember what Paul says? Oh, yeah. His grandmother learned from his grandmother and his mother what they taught him. Yes. So we don't negate the vocation of motherhood or female as something less than being male. Now, that that's a problem we have in marriages, many of them near divorce, where the husband thinks, as head of the household, he can boss around the wife in areas that God does not allow bossing around. So the husband, as head of the household, is to be one in which he is teaching what God says is true rather than what he thinks is true. And that's right. a well, big you, difference. You go into Ephesians 5, and it says there, Husbands, love your wife as Christ has loved the church and gave himself up for it. So uh, it's with honor and respect that a husband has for him. You go into Luther's small catechism, and it talks about how the head of the house should 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 uh, teach their children. So there's a wonderful connection of the scriptures and, and what we believe, teach, and confess about uh, relationships of fathers and mothers, husbands and wives, to, to, uh, to the family. And this is going to have an impact on the numbers in these denominations. Like ELCA has really drifted lower than what they once were. A lot of people are leaving them. And, in fact, a number of congregations I know have joined the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, recognizing that it's teaching properly God. But there's another church that lost 90,000 members in 2016, and that was the Church of Sweden. In fact, Mm. the name of it is, are you ready? The Evangelical Lutheran Church of Sweden has told clergy that they need to start using gender-neutral language when referring to God and avoid masculine terms such as he and the Lord. And what is told here is that the local, which is a newsletter, reported that as in 2016, 90,000 members left their church with their main reason cited as the church no longer is believing in God. Mm. It's quite a, a a thing, and it isn't only the Swedish. They're seeing it with the uh, Anglican Church, the Episcopalian Church, the Methodist Church. They're all starting to to introduce this language, and I bet you're going to see some exodus as well from the church that, that way. Yes, uh, people opposed to that did a Bible study, and a, a, a man named Tony Reinke, author of Newton on the Christian Life to Live as Christ, said that there's no doubt God has given masculine 
rather than feminine titles uh, in the scripture. And so this is something that we're, you know, warning our people about, that they're going to start hearing more and more neutral language about God in order to somehow raise the status of women, which really needs no raising. In fact, Al Schmidt makes a point that when Christianity goes into many countries, two things happen that the country did not have. Number one, hospitals are being built to serve all the people. And number two, the status of women is increased when proper Christianity is taught. Well said. That was one of the points I was going to make earlier, that... uh, a book I read called Jesus and His Time said Jesus was very radical because he lifted the status of a woman from a piece of property to an individual of, of worth and love. And, and that, as you said before, is wore out many times in the scriptures. Yes. Uh, look, at he was accused by the Pharisees of eating with tax collectors and prostitutes because when you eat with someone— you're saying they're important to you in their lives. And that mm. is really horrible from God's point of view because the idea that the Pharisees are saying that Jesus was a terrible sinner in doing that. Like when we go into McDonald's, I I don't wait at the door and make sure everybody is Lutheran at the table. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. want your burger. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't matter if a Lutheran gives it to me or a Muslim gives it to me or an atheist gives it to me. As long as they give it to me and it's a clean burger, boy, I don't care. But, boy, (laughs) in in Jesus' day, that was really something that was frowned upon. So I haven't seen this happening yet in congregations of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, you do have pastors who believe in women ordination and abortion and gay marriage, but it's not become a public teaching. And I know of no district president, that means an individual heading over a state or an area of our church that professes those things. So that's really good that under Matt Harrison, things are being kept more and more biblical than other denominations are moving towards. I would uh, most heartily agree with that, that we're, we're not going the way and, and, in a sense, becoming cultic or anti-Christian. Right. Or, so if you want to find a good church, yeah. try the Missouri Synod. Missouri Synod, yes. I'm Tom Baker, Wes Reimnitz. Tomorrow is Open Mic Friday, which... Doesn't mean you can call in. I won't be in the studio, but I received letters again from you folks. Just email me, and we'll be talking about tomorrow on Open Mic Friday. God bless. Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962.
Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.